0: You're listening to the Fear-Free Childbirth Podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Let me help you to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond with a mix of real life stories and experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing psychology insights to help you to cultivate a fearless mindset. Be inspired and be empowered with Fear-Free Childbirth. And now it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear-Free Childbirth Podcast. My name is Alexia Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now on today's show we're going to be diving deep into what it looks like to clear your fears and get rid of your tocophobia. So this is for you if you are intrigued by my method and my approach to clearing phobias and fear and you want to sort of have a look under the bonnet to see exactly what that looks like. Well this episode is for you. Today I'm joined by Celeste and Celeste has been tackling her tokophobia for about six months and she is making incredible progress with that. So I asked her if she was okay with coming on the podcast to sharing exactly what her journey's been like. You know, what have been those bumps in the road? What have been those aha moments? How has she untangled her tokophobia and then found relief from it? She's still on that healing journey, but my goodness, she has made such incredible strides in such remarkably short amount of time. I know there are people listening who have bought my books and are trying to tackle clearing their fears on their own. So if that's you, then this is a brilliant episode for you to listen to. So perhaps you've bought my Clear Your Head Trash book or my Fearless Birthing book. And in both those books, I share the DIY version of Head Trash Clearance which is what you can use to get rid of your fears, your stresses, your anxieties, your triggers and all of that stuff, which together show up as things like anxiety, as tocophobia, as OCD, control issues, whatever it is. You know, this is how all of these individual things come together as clumps to create these real tricky mental and emotional challenges that we struggle with in our heads and hearts. So this episode is really getting down to brass tacks, where the rubber hits the road. You know, exactly what did Celeste do? What clearances did she do? And how did she identify what, what else she needed to do? I, You know, I get a lot of emails from people who are desperately trying to get rid of their anxiety or their tocophobia or whatever it is that they're struggling with. And sometimes they say to me, I just don't know what I need to work on. And so hopefully by listening to this episode, This can help you to identify the things that you need to work on so that you can self-heal and come out the other end, just as Celeste is doing. And for those of you that listened to my other podcast episode where I describe the healing ladder or the head trash ladder, then you might be interested to know that this journey that Celeste is about to talk us through is a journey whereby she jumps two notches on the ladder. So she was at washing ball status now, just to recap the ladder. At the bottom of the ladder you have the conquer, then you have the washing ball, then the bouncy ball, snooker ball and glitter ball. And as Celeste sits here talking today and sharing her story, she is at snooker ball. So she's jumped from washing ball straight through bouncy ball territory right into being a snooker ball. If all of that makes you wonder what on earth I'm on about, then just head over to Clear Your Head Trash .com forward slash quiz, where you can find out exactly what ball you are. But just to give you a sense of what an achievement this is for Celeste, is that to be able to jump one ball is quite a phenomenal achievement in maybe a six month period. But she's done two balls in that time. So she's really undertaken a serious amount of healing and shifted her consciousness in quite a remarkable and profound way. Her healing journey is not over, but I don't think any of our healing journeys are over really, are they? Because the more we heal within ourselves, the more we are able to hit new levels, that we uncover new aspects that are still yet to be healed. And as we expand our comfort zone, we hit new fears, we hit new, new levels again. So it is an ongoing journey for sure. But I hope that you will take the time to listen to this because it really does give you a really good indication of what a healing journey can look like. Certainly, what it looks like when you choose to use head trash clearance to undertake such a journey. And I hope that also you get inspired by the sheer speed at the transformation that Celeste has experienced. So, without further ado, here's the time that I spoke to Celeste all about her healing journey around getting rid of her tocophobia. Hello, Celeste. Welcome to this little conversation we're going to have all about your healing journey. I can't wait. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, Alexia, and yourself?
0: Oh, I'm always excited to chat to you, always excited to chat to you. Now, um, we're going to talk a, a, a bit about what your healing, your clearance journey has been like, because it has been quite formidable from where I'm standing, and I, I can't wait to hear more about it and, and and enable anybody else to hear what it what it looks like to clear your head trash in a very enthusiastic and committed manner which is what I've witnessed you do over the last few months of this year so um before we dive into that would you mind just maybe tell us a little bit about you um so we can get a sense of Celeste and and you are a doggy lady aren't you so maybe worth mentioning the doggy too because very important person in your life.
1: I'm glad I'm glad you said that uh she's a person because
0: I mean my
1: mom does not agree. <laughs> But anyways, uh, my name is Celeste, and I am from uh, Tennessee in the USA, um, so I guess I should say, uh, hey y'all, um, howdy is for the Texans. My name is Celeste, and as Alexia said, I'm a, um, I am am definitely a dog mom here, um, so it's just I'm an Australian Shepherd enthusiast, and so um have a little fur baby named Jim and I she's she's my heart um but as for my head trash journey um it really all started when a few months well february is when i really just started undertaking everything but um i was in a relationship with this really great guy and he wanted kids and i I've always said that I was happy fostering kids or adopting kids, but you can ask anyone in my life who knows me and they will all tell they will all say no Celeste has never wanted kids. She's never wanted biological children ever not a day in her life. But I don't I don't know, like this relationship really really caused me to actually stop and ask myself, "Okay, why do I not want kids? Why am I okay with the idea of fostering kids or adopting kids that are not biologically my own. Like what, what is going on in my head there? And, um, Side note, I was, I remember being in college and, you know, those fancy, they're not memes on the internet, but like, they're, they're like the, the hipster pictures with fancy words and definitions and it they're meant to look all cool. And it, they're just, they're fancy words with fancy definitions. I remember coming across one of those back in college and it said um, something phobia, fear of childbirth and pregnancy. And I remember, I remember looking at that and being like, I probably have that. But I was so triggered by it that I didn't even want to investigate it.
0: <laughs> so you can't remember the name of
1: it. I, can't, I couldn't even remember the name.
0: Yeah.
1: But I remember thinking, oh, wow, I probably have that. And but like I said, so triggered that I I really didn't delve into that at all. But when I realized that faint echo of a memory, I was like, I think this is a thing. Hold on just a minute. And um sure enough, the fear of childbirth and pregnancy, tocophobia. And the more I read about it, the more I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I have this, 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 yeah, this is my, I don't want to say my life in a nutshell. Cause I'm far more, I'm far more of a person than just, I'm not limited to my tokophobia, but um, so many things in my life just made sense. Mm. And for the first time I had to ask myself, all right, do I truly not want kids? Or is it my fear of pregnancy and childbirth limiting and coloring that answer? And I didn't have an answer. And um, I truly did not have an answer. So I started really uh looking for resources for tocophobia. And uh, there's not much out there, Alexia. There's just not much out there. Shocking, (laughs) isn't it? Shocking. But because there wasn't much out there, your name came up all over the place. (laughs) Congratulations for starting and dominating the conversation around tocophobia because it needs to be talked about. But um, I found your uh, Fearless Birthing book, started really like reading that. Um, listening to all the episodes and you kept mentioning your head trash clearance method, your head trash clearance method. So, um, I didn't know that you were actually going to go into that in the fearless birthing book. So I I just ordered the head trash clearance book. (laughs) Um, I used to read ahead in books. If I was just that monster who always, you know, looked at the ending of the book, but I didn't this time. So, uh, yeah. I ordered a whole new book. So I paused the fearless birthing book to really dig into head trash clearance. And the more I, the more I read, like y'all my the copy of my book, I have so many notes and annotations in all the corners of the pages <laughs> and, um, And I answered all of the questions that, you know, were posed at the end of the chapter or through the chapters. And the more I connected where my head trash came from, the more, the more things that I just pulled out of my head and like things that were long forgotten or that I thought healed because, you know, time is the healer of all, you know, just um, the more, the more I connected all the dots of my head trash, I, I the darker things became because like I wasn't just dealing with the pressure of tocophobia anymore. I realized it was so much bigger than that and tocophobia isn't just the isolated fear of pregnancy, and childbirth, but that unpacks into so many other things. And all of those singular things are actually non-birth related most of the time that connect and feed back into the rest of your life. And so (laughs) um, my head trash clearance to-do list became bigger and bigger and bigger with the, and longer, just the more dots I connected. And um, it's just been a whole journey, but to answer your question just uh initially tokophobia made me like just plunge into the rabbit hole
0: yeah and so some of those things earlier can you remember some of those strands or those themes that you identified early on as you were going through the head trash but what was some of that can you remember some of those things that were you spotted early on
1: the initial list no because I kept having to like redo it it. it. (laughs) yeah rehash it but you actually, the hedge trash clearance list that you made for me in the tocophobia course. Let's see the initial things that were on my original list. Injustice, having no choice, um, being stuck, um, unpredictability, things going wrong, uh, trust issues, um, lots of childhood wounds, um, feeling alone, not feeling supported, mistreated, um being an outcast
0: uh so yeah i mean just listening to those alone just to anybody like listening
1: coping, coping and not coping discomfort pain i mean none of these are like actual birth <laughs> yeah well
0: maybe the pain one at a maybe birth. the pain yeah, yeah.
1: You, you have pain in all of your other areas of life yeah. so i mean once again it's not an isolated birth fear now i did make an isolated list for birth and pregnancy stuff and that's quite a list yeah but most of the individual strands um it just control was a big one
0: like, <laughs> Sorry, it, wasn't, to laugh.
1: it wasn't on my original list but when you put it on my head trash clearance to-do list for the program oh my goodness that rabbit hole broke down into so many other strands How long did that take me to get through?
0: I don't know. I think that was about a week or two.
1: I want to say it was two.
0: So let me just just pause and and maybe explain to people who are watching. When you decide to clear your head trash, the step one on the head trash clearance method is identify your head trash. So pain or fear of losing control. And so what the best thing you need to do, or when you get in touch with me, if I write out your list, is I you fill out a lovely little document where I get all nosy and ask questions. And then from that, I identify your own personal head trash list. So that's, so you would have started reading the book and trying to identify your own list and and work that out for yourself based on some of the questions that I would have asked in the book. But then when you joined my program, you picked the option where you said, Hey, Lex, you write me my list. So I know exactly what I need to focus on. And I think that's the difference is when you're trying to figure out yourself you don't always know if you're working on the right thing if that really is the thing to clear whereas right you got me to write your list you're like okay i know this is my list i'm gonna go get her to write it so so this list can you remember how many items are on your own personal list approximately
1: now i have i have big handwriting so um (laughs) i will preface that but i remember it being I know like a notebook page front and back.
0: Okay. List, And that's on quite back- typical, actually, when I'm writing out my client's list of mine before I uh, share them with it on an A4 notepad, I'm filling a page with two columns. So yeah. And I, yeah. So that makes that's, to, which is about 30, 50 items depending on where now I, will
1: say, I will say that, um, A big game changer from when I was trying to sort all of this out by myself and then before you got involved was I would start with the head trash clearance method and the things that would come up during a clearance, I would just add to my to-do list,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. which actually just stressed me out more because the list, my already freakishly long list just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And, um, when I started the program with you, you suggested to stop, pause the current clearance that I was doing and then address whatever came up. Yeah. And when, when I started doing that, that was just a game changer. And yes, it was still an uphill battle, but the steps that I was taking were a lot bigger. Cause I guess, I work in metaphors. So, um, before it was like trying to climb uphill with a bunch of thistles and branches and thorns (laughs) in my path, that's already complicating a really steep uphill journey. (laughs) But when you gave me that suggestion of stopping and addressing whatever came up first and then Mm -hmm. circling back, to um to what I was originally working on that's that's why Alexi and I were laughing because (laughs) when I (laughs) when I kept doing control more things just popped up and more things more things pop I mean the notes that I have on control in my little head trash clearance notebook um went on for pages yeah with new realizations new um just new thoughts just it just kept unraveling mm. and um, it took me a good two-ish weeks to finally circle back to control. But once I started stopping and addressing, it was like getting rid of all of those, those branches and those thistles and those thorns and finally just having a clear path to yeah. keep trotting uphill. I guess using your metaphor, like you were
0: basically trying to go directly up the hill Whereas actually you have to stop and just walk around the hill and then, and then around and maybe take the hill just slightly on a, maybe
1: dig under just,
0: the hill. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> a bit more of a gentle slope, which meant you could actually make it up the hill without this kind of vertical steep.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Maybe like traverse the hill in a zigzag manner. And then, and then parachute out of the sky on top of the hill. And then died. slide
0: down the hill on a muddy slip what it was like <laughs> yeah yeah the thing is with I mean then that's such a great metaphor actually even though we're giggling our bits off it is such a great <laughs> metaphor because that can be how clearing your head trash feels especially and also I just want to kind of check in here that while you were doing all this according to my um, head trash ladder of healing you were a washing ball on my so if you people watching don't know what my head trash ladder of healing is you can go to the quiz on the head trash website clearheadtrash.com forward slash quiz and you can identify whether you're a conker, a washing ball, a bouncy ball, a snooper ball, or a glitter ball. And so when you're a washing ball or a conker, it's really hard going. And any effort you make is just feeling like you're going through mud or going up a really steep slope full of like thistles and ditches and mud and everything like that. It can feel like a lot of hard work and not making a lot of progress. But you were wrestling with some really big, big themes that affect everybody. You know, the theme of control than losing control or not being in control. I mean, that's massive for most people, right? But it's especially massive for those on the tocophobia journey. So yeah, okay. you you were kind of circling back. So what kind of things were coming up when you were wrestling that control piece? And you remember any of them?
1: Let me... Ooh, let I me just check my notes. notes. Yeah, let me check my notes. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, and this is going to sound like nonsense because, well, you're no one's in my head. But um, some... Things that connected to me was uh, control versus no, no control. You You need to work on the opposite for whatever you clear. But for me, no control was not the opposite of control. The opposite for control for me was surrendering. Mm. So knowing that I wanted to, you know, before I went down anything else, I wanted to address no control um then that led to having control over my own body and versus and the opposite of that no control over my own body that led to a lot of fear so i had to clear fear and then bravery um fear um trailed down to helplessness so i had to clear helplessness which the opposite of that was capability um so going back to helpless it that fed into the fear of capability so okay oh. fine i'm capable uh, but I don't, I'm terrified of being capable. Like, yeah, my body's capable of pregnancy and childbirth, but I was terrified of my body's own capabilities. Mm. Um, so that fed into power and versus powerlessness, Yeah. Uh, which that fed, that fell into leading versus following, um that led into empowered versus disempowered meant yeah that led into judgment versus acceptance that led to comparison versus sameness that led to not being enough versus not being enough or being enough versus not being enough and then trapped came up but then i'm like no that's a whole theme in itself so i put that on hold continue wrestling so I did surrendering, letting go. That once again circled back to trap. But I'm like, nope, I'm not gonna touch that yet because I need to work on control. And um, I mean, it just kept going and yeah. going, and Yeah. Going.
0: It's the um, I think the metaphor I like describing with this. It's like the magician's hat when he pulls out like the the red neckerchief and then it's connected to the blue one and then he's like, oh look, it just keeps going. You're like, am I ever gonna Honestly, get to the end of this one?
1: Honestly, I was so mentally, I felt like I remember, I I can't remember the exact episode of one of your podcasts, but you compared it to renovating a kitchen Mm. and like, yes, you're emptying and sorting out your head trash is going to create one really, really, really messy kitchen. Yeah. But... If you stop midway through it, you're just going to have a kitchen that's not functioning, or you're just <laughs> going to be forever trapped in this crappy in the kitchen. rubble. Yeah, oh, in the rubble. Yes, you can backtrack and put everything back, but if you came that far, why not just finish the thing? Yeah, and so that's that's what it felt like. Um, but you, we we compare it to spaghetti or uh a bag of marble it's not it's not a bag of marbles where you can pick out just individual little marble everything everything is connected and but it felt like and this this might be an analogy that just grosses people out have you ever emptied a shower drain oh my god i did this
0: yesterday (laughs)
1: That's what it felt like. That's what it like. When you have hair, <laughs> everything is not even just connected. Like, yeah, spaghetti noodles are connected, but they easily come apart. No, mm. no. My head trash was congealed into the <laughs> yucky, slimy, nasty mess <laughs> that just kept coming out of that drain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is gross. Stop. <laughs>
1: It, I'm getting you back for the emetophobia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, so let's talk a little bit about your experience. Like this is you sort of navigating and picking through your head trash, but what yeah. about your whole, what was clearing head trash like for you? Like, what was that like? The, 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 the act of doing so, but also what were you noticing in terms of any shifts in terms of how you're feeling? So first of all, let's, talk about your experience for actually clearing stuff. Like what was, because some people respond in different ways when they're clearing stuff. I know I, I do lots of yawning. I've got some clients that do loads of burping. I've got some people that get really tingly. And it's like a certain thing happens to you where you know you're clearing so like something's shifting. and You're like, oh, that was a big one because you're getting some kind of sign. So what was your, what was your experience like?
1: I am a consistent yawner. Okay. But I have experienced all of those symptoms. Okay. I've experienced, the tingling down my arms and uh my legs I've experienced yeah the burping um but and I've experienced and you've mentioned it here and there on your podcast but like just spontaneously breaking down in tears like the first time that happened I'm, I'm not a crier so just spontaneously crying was very new to me i was like okay i'll just follow this i'll just follow this and uh see where this goes
0: and it's without thought isn't it it's like crying but without knowing why you're crying which is yeah weird
1: it was the weirdest thing yeah i felt like amy pond from doctor who on uh, at her wedding like why am i crying (laughs) like (laughs) this is a tear why am i crying so they were ugly it was ugly sobbing um but most of the time it was just a lot of yawning um and then There were some it really depends on the clearance in terms of thoughts um there are some clearances that i just did that just was just consistent like physical symptoms the Mm. the yawning burping the the tingles um and then just nothing new in terms of shifting shifting thoughts in the moment but i saw it later in my life like oh yeah i didn't this is happening but i'm not as triggered Mm. And then there were other clearances where i had these big grand realizations and really that and those realizations really like shifted and scattered my thoughts around okay. in a good way so can you
0: remember any of those
1: so loss loss of control over my body mm. that was a good one and um because you can't you can't choose whether or not you get pregnant it like you can't you can't control what happens you can't control your body's response. Mm. And so that freaked me out, which once again, led to the fear of my body capable, my body's capabilities. And, um, yeah, you can do every, you can take all the proactive measures, but at the end of the day, you cannot control how your body, how your body's eggs reacts to the sperm. Like you, mm. you don't have any control down there. You just, it, it it's going to do its business. Um, and that terrified me. But um, a big grand realization that I had in that clearance was, well, there are so many things that we often say we can't control anything outside of us. The only thing we can we can control is ourselves. And um, that's a big common saying that a lot of people, you know, really hold on to. Had the scary realization that we can't control 99 percent of what goes on in our bodies we <laughs> like we can't a lot of things are just autopilot in terms of how our bodies operate we we breathe without thinking about it we blink without thinking about it mm. you can't control whether or not you get a headache or whether you come down with the stomach flu or whether you get the actual flu or COVID, or you can't, you can't control if you get a sore throat, you can't control your reaction to pollen. You can't, all of these things that can go on in your body, you don't have control over. And, um, and then especially like being a woman, I can't control when I get my period. Mm. I can't control. MS symptoms I can't control any of that my body is going to do its thing and I I have no control over the internal workings of my body I can take ibuprofen I can take vitamin C for that stomach bug going around but I at the end of the day I can really only control my thoughts and that is about it but the way my body reacts,
0: I don't did that of- leave you feeling, <laughs> did that kind of leave you feeling worse off? I mean, was that, is that a positive realization for you? Or what until kind of? Until I
1: did the opposite. Yes, until I did the opposite. And it really, um, I remember realizing as terrifying as pregnancy was for me, it was really, really refreshing to finally just realize, you know what? If I do get pregnant, which that still terrifies me. Like I'm, I'm still working through my tocophobia. but like, this was at the beginning of the program that thought terrified me, but I was like, if that happens, my body knows how to grow baby. Mm. The symptoms are going to be really unpleasant, but at the end of the day, my body will know what to do. Yeah. And during labor, my body will know what to do. I can't control any of that. (laughs) And I don't know, just as, and then as I finished working through the whole theme of control, like I've noticed a huge shift in my thinking of, yeah, I can't control that. Can't control that. And it doesn't lead to a level of helplessness. It just, I just have peace in the fact that I can really only control my thoughts and I, I can take deep breaths. (laughs) 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 but there's very little I can control and that is okay
0: (laughs) well that's that's quite that's quite
1: it is is.
0: (laughs) isn't it that's quite a shift though to be able to be someone that can be
1: I I was a huge control freak
0: would you say that you are now then would you say that you're not nope (laughs) nope
1: I I mean can I take charge absolutely yeah I sit back absolutely
0: so you're mindful with your control now. You like, oh, I'll well, control that, but not that. That that's worth me getting involved with, but no, I'm going to leave that. So now you pick and choose.
1: Yeah, now I pick and choose, and it's not a trigger. It's not mm-hmm. a, oh, I need to control this. I need to have my way. I need to. It's, oh, okay. It is what it is. Yeah. Will happen.
0: That's pretty. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty... <laughs> I mean, that that six times round the mountain was, was worth it by the So it.
1: right, right. So I mean in the midst of clearing all of that out, it was, it did get very discouraging at times. Like, is this ever going to end? Is this ever going to end? And, um, I, I'm a gritty person. I stick with it. I mean, I, I just, I like to see things through, Mm. but mentally it was just so much that if I didn't have the program to keep me accountable I really I don't know this isn't a sponsorship but like <laughs> if I didn't if I didn't have the program to keep me accountable if I knew you were not going to be on my tail
0: yeah
1: then I don't know how much I would have gotten done yeah I think <laughs> I would have eventually sorted through it because well going back to that kitchen analogy the kitchen needs to be cleaned up yeah yeah But I think that theme of control would have taken months to work out instead of
0: Mm. weeks. Yeah. So you were in a group program where we had a month, a weekly call for about five weeks, and every week we were getting together. Right. What did you clear? What did you clear? Okay. I'm gonna. You're gonna clear this for next week. You're gonna come back and keep us posted. And it was go go go. Um, And some were doing more than others. And I think you were you were at the top end of the performance scale and getting a lot done. But yeah, you were very committed to what you were doing and and persistent and. And what's great about that is it sounded like it was a lot of effort and a lot of hard work. And it is because I've been that I know exactly what you've been through in that sense, but my goodness, it looks like it's paid off in bucket loads. What would you say? Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, I am just so much, uh, just so much happier and calmer and just, yes, I still have a huge bucket load of things to work through on my head trash clearance to do list, but just in the, the few months that I've been on this, on this whole clearance journey, it's, I'm just, I, I just feel less triggered, less anxious, more happy, just being able mm-hmm. to just pick and choose how I react to situations instead of being, you know, instead of reacting in a trigger. Yeah. But, um. but yeah, it was, I looked around at all the, all the gunk that, I had, and I, I was like, I, this isn't, it stopped being about tocophobia long ago. Mm. It's because it just connected to so many other things in my life mm. that, um, and I think it was because of that, because it wasn't, because it wasn't just tocophobia. sorry, because I knew it connected to so many other non-birth related things aspects of my life I was like I need to sort through this mm-hmm. hurting people hurt people and I didn't realize I had this much hurt this much these men like this many unhealed wounds this just this gunk in my head I just I want to have healthier relationships I want in friendships and I want to just be in a better headspace and I want to just i want to see myself on the other end of this mm. and so um because i i just yeah the tokophobia stopped being about tokophobia long ago yeah and um i just tugged up my sleeves and i just waded through the mud and i was yeah. like all right let's do this
0: and you hit a point where i remember on one of the group calls one of the things we do is just go around and go okay how's how's your week been and and I remember the week where you you flipped over into snooker ball level. So you would start it in washing ball and you'd like been chugging your way through bouncy ball stage. And then there was the call. It's like, oh, she's just said something. I think she's now at snooker ball. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So the snooker ball in the, on, the, on the head trash model is really this level where you start really feeling very neutral about a lot of things, which means you're much calmer. And so tell us about the experience you had when you went to church one week. And when you started telling us this, I was like, oh, my God, I think she's a super old.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was this young couple in uh, my Sunday school class and um, they had just had a baby. And I was at this extra event one night and they brought their baby along back row. And um, the baby started crying. Now. When I addressed, when I looked my tokophobia in the eye at the beginning of this whole journey, like it used to be that I could look at babies and pregnant women and not be triggered because I always, I was always like, that's them. That's not my situation. That's, that's totally them. That's good for them. They look quite happy, whatever. But when I realized my tocophobia was a thing and I started, looking at pregnancy and childbirth as a possibility on my own future there were months in this whole thing where the the thought of looking I mean just then I even saw her like at church and um one time I actually I remember sitting sitting a few seats away from her and I had a panic attack because I just I couldn't the thought of um just just I don't know. Like looking at a pregnant belly just sent me into a full-fledged panic attack and I couldn't I couldn't look at babies, couldn't look at other pregnant women in my day-to-day mm. life, which that's hard to do cuz they're everywhere, right?
0: Yeah. Seriously hard.
1: <laughs> life my um you know friends were getting pregnant and so like that was hard and um so There were weeks where I really and truly could not look at a pregnant woman or a baby without literally having a, I couldn't breathe because of anxiety. And um, I remember being at this extra event one night and um, the baby started crying. And I just remember sitting there and just neutrally thinking, I am so glad I don't have a baby. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't come from a place of anxiety or fear or um. it wasn't a, it wasn't a reaction to being triggered. It was just, it was just a thought that came out of nowhere, clear as day, as neutral as plain white socks or the air before us. And I remember as soon as I thought that I was like, wait a sec is that my answer? (laughs) Like, cause I started this whole thing. I started this whole entire thing with, remember my original question was, all right, do I truly not want kids or is my tokophobia and the fear of it controlling my answer? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I was like, wow, I just, I think I have my answer. And, um, a few weeks later, after the fact I was telling my um my some friends and in different instances and my aunt who you know they all looked at me and they're like Celeste and especially my aunt my aunt's like I've known you your whole life you've never been maternal you've never like I could have told you that (laughs) and or or my friends like we've known you for years and years and years like you've never wanted to be a mom. You've never wanted kids. You've never like, what are you talking about? Why did you even have to go through all of this? (laughs) And I'm like, well, I'm glad you know that. But (laughs) but at the end of the day, I'm really glad that I did go through that, um, go through the whole journey and I'm still on it. I still have so much, so much Mm -hmm. stuff on my list, but once again, I realized just how many dots connected, um, to unbirth related aspects of my life. Mm. And I am just, I am so glad that I, that that initial question shoved me down that rabbit hole because I'm just, I'm so much better for it, but it took, it took hours upon hours upon hours. Um, it, it, it's, it's like going to the gym. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard at first, yeah. you're not going to want to do it <laughs> but the more you do it the more you show up for yourself and the more you're like are right, the more you just say all right this is what needs to be done I'm doing this for me the easier it becomes
0: yeah and you've made this transformation which is a remarkable transformation in what about six months is it about six months isn't it six or seven months about yeah seven, and so yeah you've gone from yeah. and for those that just want to see what that looks like if you go to my conquered a glitter ball, you know, to do the quiz. She's gone from a washing ball to a snooker ball, which is jumping up two levels on that ladder, which is, it's pretty epic. You know, The a lot of people don't make that kind of leap in a lifetime and you've done it in six months. So, you know, this is a remarkable feat really. And yes, it, it's hard work, but it's, it's now you're at some place where you're calm. You're not getting triggered. And anxiety, do you have anxiety? Would you say you have anxiety?
1: It's funny you ask that. No, I did not have diagnosed anxiety before I realized I had tocophobia. Like all of my friends do. So they've always described their panic attacks. And I remember like in the months where I was really sorting through all of this out, where pregnant women and babies were sending me into these full-fledged fits. I was like, this is what they're talking about. (laughs) Bless them. (laughs) This is horrible.
0: So you were, so- you thought, you definitely thought you had anxiety and now you don't know. Eh.
1: Nope. Not no. something I
0: can really. Amazing. So when you think, and I think I asked you this before we started recording, but when you look back at who you were before, which was maybe just six months ago, can you relate to her now?
1: Yes and no. Um, have you ever sat in a really, really hot bath before and like... You get up, you get out of the water and you feel the echoes of the heat of the really, the really hot water you were in. Mm. That's what it feels like. Like, you know, you're out of the water, you know, you're safe, you know, you know, you're, you know, that the heat's not going to bother you. You're not going to sweat anymore, but you still feel the mm. prickles. of the heat. Mm. Um, so that's how I, I, I would describe it as that. Like, yeah. do I connect to her? faintly only because I've always just been very in tune with myself I I'm always self-reflecting I'm very introspective and so I um maybe maybe a part of my subconscious is holding on to her just to just as a measuring rod to see how far I've come
0: mm, yeah and so- as
1: for having her own as for having those own reactions to things and the thoughts she had
0: no yeah and are you noticing any differences elsewhere in your life I mean this has been very focused on your chocophobia and you've talked that some things you've been working on really have nothing to do with birth but I'm just wondering if you noticed any changes elsewhere outside of maybe the context of thinking about family or babies or that kind of thing
1: the biggest thing and I was just reflecting on this today ask anyone who knows me i'm terrified of germs like i'm ter- what's the word hypochondriac
0: yeah
1: i verge on that um just because um with my i have my own history of health issues but um a side effect of those long ago health issues was a weakened immune system and so i catch everything and so and it stinks being sick it just it, it just stinks <laughs> and so i've always been terrified of germs and getting sick and, um, for the most part, um, for the most part, I've just, when I realize that I have no control over how my body reacts to things, I can control my thoughts, but going back to the whole, like mm. my body's capabilities and whatnot, I, I'm not terrified of getting sick nearly as much. Like I have educator friends who are like in really, they work with kindergartners and they're. Mm. You're always sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, It used to be that I would like triple my vitamin C intake and I would like do everything in my power, which is still good things to do, but it would be out of fear of getting sick. Mm. And now, you know, I'm just like, eh, if I get sick, I get sick with the exception of throwing up. I don't do vomit. I have a 100 percent. still working through that i need to go back and do that clearance yeah um i i am sure i am sure that emetophobia connects to so many other things Yes. Yeah. i'm positive i don't know what they are but um so with the exception of the notion of vomit i'm okay with getting sick
0: <laughs> so it sounds like quite a um quite a transformation really and if you know oh go on
1: also um you've mentioned on your previous podcast how like carrying all of this or previous episodes of your podcast carrying all of this around it makes you exhausted mm. and you you need more sleep you need which means uh or you need more sleep you need more caffeine you need more you just you need more padding and support to even do the bare minimum and cope to cope because you're, you're carrying around all of this gunk in your head. Mm. And that takes up a lot of energy and a lot of headspace. And I've noticed that, um, just be, it, it's like carrying around a whole uh, backpack of bricks. And, um, the more I empty those bricks out, the easier I'm sleeping, the, Uh-oh. um, I used to have to get um, I used to have to have a second cup of coffee during the day or I wouldn't cope Mm -hmm. and now it's just my morning caffeine like my morning cup of coffee it's enough to get me through the day with the exception of today because I made the poor decision to um, stay up until midnight fishing finishing a really good show but that was that was my choice but it it's literally due to a lack of sleep that just is justifying this cup of coffee. But mm. in the in the months and the years before, it was, gosh, it was it was a huge vicious cycle of just and it all it was all because I'm carrying a,
0: all of this mm-hmm. stuff. So do you need less sleep? Do you think Are you sleeping less?
1: Um, sleeping less, taking less uh, sleep aid medication. Um, okay, I have, I have insomnia, and so because all I ruminate on all of this. Yeah. So I can't turn my brain off when I go to sleep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let I, so I'm taking, um, my, my sleep aid less or like a, a lower dosage and, uh, my brain is able to finally just turn off and just
0: mm.
1: rest so I can go to oh. sleep and my sleep is more restful. And, um, ugh, I just, I just feel so much better.
0: <laughs> Amazing. So less sleep, better quality of sleep, less insomnia kicking in and then less coffee. Wow. That's, so that's a, that's a side effect. That's a, that's a, that's a freebie on the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Celeste, thank you so much for sharing your journey, being really honest about that. Is there anything for those people contemplating the head, you know, clearing the head trash and embarking on such a journey like you've been doing? Any words of warning, any wisdom or anything? I know you kind of like, you know, laid it on, like been very honest about what it's like. You know, we've not kind of made it sound sexy and in in like, you know, fun. Although it can be fun, to be fair. You know, I try and make the group calls lighthearted and and the experience fun I think having a head trash isn't fun, but it doesn't mean the clearing of it has to be deeply unpleasant. And yes, some of it is a bit tearful and a bit, you know, snotty and all the rest of it. But... I don't know, like any, anything else you want to share to anybody who's contemplating thinking about it or looking to Stick, stick head out?
1: with it. Stick with it. Just it gets easier the more you untangle and the yeah. more you get out of the nasty drain. Yeah. But um, no, I would just say show up for yourself. Stick with it. Um, keep a journal. I um, yes. I cannot keep, keep a journal. Write down um ha- have a separate place for your actual head trash clearance uh list but also for each clearance keep a journal and um the way i jot down my notes is i just write down the clearance do a little arrow down make space for any realizations any notes and then whatever the next thing that pops up i write that next thing down i mean hmm. that yeah and then leave space for you know the opposite and any any uh annotations and then sure enough when another thing pops up i just draw another arrow and i just keep going and um that leads me to my second my second suggestion don't just add stuff to the list cuz mm. that list is just going to keep growing mm. address it on the dot if mm. something is connected to your original clearance stop with the original clearance and address whatever popped up Mm. because it's it's connected and you Mm. can't sort out the original thing because that that connected thing it it needs to be sorted out
0: Mm.
1: so um and sure enough there's going to be another thing that connects to the connected thing write that Mm. down Mm. and uh, it's it feels very stop go stop go but that was a game changer for me Mm. so show up keep a journal and address the connected stuff before you move on.
0: And how, what kind of chunks of time are you putting in? Like how long was a typical clearance chunk for you?
1: <laughs> oh, I, I've heard you say that, you, you know, the more you, the more you do it, you can uh, get your clearances done in like 15 to 20, 30 minutes. Uh, I haven't gotten to that point yet. Okay. Um, I've sat, I've sat doing clearances before, for two hours
0: is that a total clearance is that including all the rabbit holes or is that
1: all the rabbit holes yeah
0: yeah okay so you're kind not of not
1: a total not a total clearance theme like I said control took weeks yeah. but um no it's not uncommon for a clearance for me to look like an hour to two hours yeah
0: to be fair Does I think I probably it? do that because the stuff comes up and you want to address it there and then um so to be able to sit and just do you know one thing and it's opposite in one sitting is my
1: social calendar had to be put on hold for a for a good bit um because mm. this had to take priority because I knew that it wasn't going to get done if it didn't hold priority in my life
0: yeah 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 um and what time of day were you doing it typically like was it late late evening things it just in the day
1: loud but I always made sure to if I had an opportunity I was doing clearances
0: right so you're just grabbing any time you could throughout the day yeah, because it can be quite tiring sometimes. So sometimes I recommend that people maybe it's do it, exhausting. At night. <laughs> it is exhausting, isn't it? So maybe not best before operating heavy machinery, for example.
1: I wouldn't suggest that, no. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's tiring. You're going to feel exhausted at the end of it, but you're going to feel so much better. I know. Yay.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you, Celeste, so much for just sharing all of that. And um, yeah, and 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 good luck for your onward clearance journey and 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 the upper echelons of ball and glitter ball status, which you'll be achieving, I know, by the end of my, by Christmas, maybe.
1: Glitterball, I'm coming for you. Yes. But <laughs> but Alexia, thank you so much. You are fantastic.
0: Well, thank you for showing up in the way that you did, because it's just well and you deserve everything you've got because you've just shown up so brilliant thank you celeste thank you you've been listening to the fear-free childbirth podcast with me alexia leachman fear-free childbirth is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of pregnancy birth and beyond with fear clearance meditations self-healing products and courses professional training and specialist programs for overcoming tocophobia. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then check out the Fear Free Childbirth Mama Ship. It's a bit like Netflix, where you can binge on a boatload more Fear Free Childbirth content to inspire you on the journey to motherhood and beyond. More interviews, more birth stories, more expert wisdom. Visit fearfreechildbirth.com to find out more.